all you DC Comics news fans, DC Comics fans, fans of great conversation. You have arrived the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. How do I know? Well, I'm lucky enough to be your host here on episode number 98. I'm Seth Singleton, and thankfully I am not alone. You're going to be thankful too because you have amazing voices here to join me on this great conversation. First off, I'm going to introduce alphabetically Mr. Brad Felicki. Brad, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. Awesome. And second on the list, but never second in our hearts, Miss Kelly Gaines. How are you doing today, Kelly? <laughs> good. <laughs> Try to have a little bit of fun, laughter, and mirth if you're feeling the stress of holidays, winter, or everything else going around in 2020. Well, take a deep breath, relax, join us for some great stories. First one we're going to lead off with is the announcement that we have a special offer we didn't want to keep a secret from you. Inside Editions, that's Inside Editions, the website, has an amazing selection of DC comics. Well, let's just say fun from books to collectibles to well, you're just going to have to see for yourself. And we've decided to sweeten the pot by including a 35 percent off site wide code for all you DC Comics News fans. How do you do it? I'll make it simple. All you have to do is punch in this code DC N.E.W.S. 35. That's DC News 35. Punch that in. And you will get 35% off site-wide. Take a look. Have some fun. Thank us all later. And uh, happy shopping, if that's your forte. If you're just here to catch news and all sorts of other fun, well, let's dive right into a slew of Zack Snyder stories leading off our movie news section. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and give you the, the bullet points, and we're going to turn it right over to uh, Brad and Kelly First off, we've got a release month announced for his Justice League release month, you say. Well, are we talking about the streaming or the movies? Well, there's more to do with that in regards to a theatrical rating and his suggestion of what that might be. So is it coming out in the theaters? We'll we'll see what everyone thinks about that. Followed by a very recent announcement about Batman versus Superman and its IMAX ratio. Brad. Those were bullet points. Can you fill in the details on your thoughts, takes on these stories, my friend? Uh, you know, I first of all, I think that the March release month is is perfect. Um, that'll give everybody time to watch Wonder Woman 84 if they have it on <laughs> Christmas Day. I guess people, you know, and it's like it, it's before, you know, like the summer rush of hopefully movies coming out and people going out to the theaters more which brings me to the idea of it being released in theaters i don't know if that is such a good idea um because i'm sure that that is going to add cost to the film getting it out the theaters and i still think at that point in march i still think people are going to be pretty hesitant to be hitting the movie theaters in in large numbers especially for a four hour long movie um so i don't see the that that is really necessary uh and in our rating i don't i don't i mean personally i don't mind that but i think that when you think of the justice league 
an R-rated movie isn't the first thing that would pop into your head. Maybe with Batman, you could easily see how Batman would be rated R. Um, but Justice League is more brighter and over the top, and it seems much more of a PG-13 thing. But um, you know, we'll just we'll just have to see. Uh, I, I'm, I'm says here that maybe Batman drops the f bomb. I mean, is that is that going to add anything to it? I I I yeah, I just don't know. And the IMAX ratio is cool, but they talked about releasing that in theaters. And I'm going to go back to the thing about, you know, I just don't. It would be in a perfect world where we could see this or everybody could go in mass and see this in the theaters. It would be kind of a cool way to promote it by having, uh, you know, a re-release of Batman vs. Superman uh, with the IMAX ratio. Um, would be, you know, I'm sure people would be into that. But just with things the way they are probably still going to be in March, I'm not sure. So, Kelly, what was your take? Yeah, I, um, I, I'm definitely hesitant about the theaters, like you said. I mean, as, and especially because it's a four-hour movie. Um, that's just, it's a long time for any movie. Um, and, and you think with a movie like that, it's not that people can just filter in, find their seats, and then filter back out. It's People are going to need bathroom breaks. You're going to need snack breaks. It's a whole, it, I, I don't know, it kind of... It seems a little touchy, even for March, although March seems to be his month. So uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe by then we'll be in a better position. But, you know, every time we've tried to guess when this will be over, we haven't been close. So <laughs> I, I just don't know. But um, as far as uh, the R rating, I I feel like that was, I don't know, maybe a little unnecessary. Um, Batman dropping an f-bomb i mean apparently this batman kills people which uh you know Zack snyder's been pretty vocal about before so it makes sense i mean if you if you kill people you probably also you know drop the f-word here and there and i guess that's just par for the course but um yeah i don't know if that's going to read more as something done for shock value or if it'll add something to the character um so I guess we'll just have to see. But yeah, I, I'm i excited to see this. I don't believe I'll be seeing it in theaters. And um, yeah, as far as the Batman vs. Superman 2, um, I mean, it, it, it's cool. But again, theaters, I don't know. I just don't know yet. Seth, what do you think? You guys are raising a lot of good points. It's hard for me to come down anywhere specific because you've also pointed out one of the biggest problems we've all faced for this 2020 is the uncertainty. When are things going to change back to what we used to think was normal? How will certain parts, I mean, they tried to push Wonder Woman back a lot and now we've, you know, ended up with this split option for us, which I think is great. But you both pointed out the question of uh, who's ready to go back to a theater. It's, not something immediate in my mind. And I mentioned on a previous cast we were doing where it's like, I, and when it comes to the length of things, I'm, yeah, I'm in the line for the bathroom break. I need to stop every once in a while, make a snack or, cause if it's four hours, I, <laughs> it's an all day affair. It's kind of like the Super Bowl or some, you know, big event where, you know, it's going to be on for a while, a big boxing match, some UFC thing your friends are doing. And that means a lot of strolling around. Now, there are also people that have gone to these crazy movie marathon things, you know, where it's like multiple movies all shown to build up to the next chapter and they do it. And kudos to them. 
And if they feel like that's something that they're willing to risk in a theater, I, I get that too. I really cannot state how it is that I can justify Batman with the F-bomb. Yeah, sure, if he does certain things that it makes sense, he would speak a certain way. But you both brought up a great point, which is Justice League for me was a great introduction to all these heroes. And by making it R-rated, I feel like you're cutting a lot of potential audience out. Now, that doesn't mean that I haven't been in R-rated movies and looked over and been like, whoa, I think that kid's like seven or eight, and I don't know how to feel about this. But that's the parent who's there with him or the adult, and I, I get out of the way at that point because that's that's your kid. Um, so how this is, and whether or not you're going to bring your child to uh, a theater. So I feel like there's a lot of interesting you know things to consider how much I see myself a part of it. I, I don't really know my percentage, but it's looking pretty low. And I see myself watching this, like a lot of other great programming from my house, until I know for sure. And to be honest, man, I'm kind of watching the funds. So theaters are, you know, uh, an added expense on top of stuff I would like to enjoy as well. And that could be a deciding factor, too. Lots of things to consider. And it also keeps me in mind that, you know, we're talking about a lot of movie news, but some of the movie news we're talking about is movies that may or may not even be happening. And that brings us into our next story where Margot Robbie, she who has been a Harley Quinn, is not really giving any sort of a definitive, even a maybe, about a sequel. Brad, your thoughts on this sort of interesting, you know, quick one note story? You know, I think that I don't think it's surprising. I think that um as much as I think we as a podcasting team enjoyed Harley Quinn, I think it kind of, you know, underperformed, you know, they had to rename it and just like, it was, there was a lot that could have gone different with, with that film, even though it was good and fun. However, everybody loves Margot Robbie's portrayal of the character. It's almost become iconic at this point. Uh, and with her coming back in Suicide Squad, you know, who who knows what's going to happen after we all get to see Suicide Squad? Uh, it, you know, she could blow us away to the point where they think, OK, we definitely need another Harley Quinn movie. I would definitely go see it regardless. So uh, trying to be a little optimistic, uh, you know, hoping that it might still be something that we can that we can see in the future. Kelly, what was your take? Yeah, I definitely wouldn't count it out yet. Um, I, and I think with this article, the one thing they pointed out that this movie did come out in 2020. It feels like it came out five years ago, but, uh, you know, we're still only a, a handful of months, I think, honestly. I don't know what month it is, but <laughs> we're a handful of months outside of the release of the first movie. So I don't think it's crazy that we haven't heard too many rumblings about a, a follow-up, um, especially considering DC has an, an awful lot of projects already in the works. Um and there are still restrictions in place with COVID and whatnot. And like you said, Margot Robbie is going to be in Suicide Squad soon. So I, I just don't see it as a, a huge red flag at this point. Um, and it does make sense that after we see Suicide Squad, we'll probably get further news about the Birds of Prey. Because, uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed the first movie. So I, I think it is definitely something I'd be interested in seeing again. Uh, Seth, what about you? I have concerns. My first one is personal in that I didn't even mention, I don't think, that the movie we were talking about a sequel for was Birds of Prey. And in my mind, that bugs me a little bit because I think to myself, well, 
Does that mean I remember the other characters? Yeah, actually, I do. But as part of the 2020 fog, it, it did feel, Kelly, like it's been four, six years ago that this you know what i mean it feels like so much yeah brad you agree yeah i was just I, yeah you can hear me like i yeah that when you said that kelly i was like wow really because i i could have sworn that was 2019 i mean that's just kind of <laughs> what he I, what kind of year this has been exactly yep. so yeah total brain fog right <laughs> and we're all we're all in it together so folks if you're listening and you feel that fogginess we're all talking about just you know, nod your head in agreement like I am right now. And because this is a podcast, we all can't see it happening, but we know it's happening. Little faith, you know, substance of things not seen, whatever. So <laughs> I think you guys brought up a great point, which is what? When? Say again. And that's been most <laughs> of 2020. For Thank you. <laughs> Be here all week, folks. Try the shrimp. Uh, yeah, it just there's this, you know, unbelievable sense of why how what actually happened this year because some parts of it you could you could actually like bring me to the date and i go yeah something else was going on man i don't know like i just can't something happened before or after that that totally obscured it from my brain or 2020 brain fog i i don't know um what could potentially shake us out of all of the fog uh we've got a story coming up but my last thoughts are i think you guys brought up a great point which is why talk about a sequel right now if there hasn't been talk leaky mm. talk leading up to now as i stumble over my words keep in mind uh for all of us which you both did so well that suicide squad is going to be coming up soon and the release and relaunch of that could reinvigorate harley quinn maybe have a tie-in scene that connects to a birds of prey or give us material that would make more sense to then talk about a birds of prey sequel so timing is everything 2020 brain fog fog needs to be overcome in some ways and perhaps our next set of stories can help shake us out of it we're talking about wonder woman 1984 the project that we have anticipated has been rescheduled a few times is now definitively coming out uh, domestically in the united states on the 25th apparently in certain areas around the world it came out on december 16th we're recording today on december 20th so have fun with your own little math project on that. But some of the stories we have to talk about for Wonder Woman 1984 include a very interesting little lead off. I'll let Brad, I'm going to I'm going to dump that one to you, my friend. But then we follow up with also news that if you want, there are a few moments of the opening scene available to see a clip of a very interesting music video that appears both impromptu and inspired and Brad, I, like I said, I'm going to dump that first story off to you. Uh, what do you think of this lead off for our Wonder Woman 1984? Set us up for these other stories we're talking about, my friend. Yeah, I wish uh, I wish Steve was on today to give his his input that now he knows when he can see it, because I know that a few weeks ago the one of the stories was that they were still trying to figure out exactly when and how they were going to release it in the UK. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that that Steve and people in the UK have a def definitive date that they're going to be able to to see it. So, um, you know, that's good. I think that and I'm glad that they don't have to wait that long. It's, I think, uh, January, like middle of January. So that's not that much longer than 
then we have to wait to see it here in the States on Christmas. So, you know, that's good. I'm just glad, too, that this film's getting around and that more and more people can see it because, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I think a lot of people are looking forward to. Uh, Kelly? Yeah, that is really good news that um, they have a release date for that because, yeah, I mean, like you were saying, I'm, I'm sure that was driving Steve crazy. But, um, yeah, and, and I, I think this is one of the kind of weird intersections that we're going to see a lot with films being released on streaming services is that different areas of the world are going to start seeing them at completely different times. Um, and not that that's totally abnormal, but it's I, it's kind of interesting to consider. Um, and I <laughs> the music video I love... Um, I just, it's really nice to see a cast that gets along, and clearly Kristen Wiig and Gail Godot are, uh, at the very least, very good friends, because I don't think I would be able to make a video that is this silly and ridiculous and endearing without someone that wasn't, uh, you know, pretty much at best friend status. So, yeah. I, I mean, I love this, right? Yeah, it, it felt to me like a, an SNL digital short like yeah. the tone and everything. And I actually, I liked it so much that I made it my video of the day on my Facebook page. So yeah, it definitely gets a thumbs up for me. <laughs> it's, it, it is adorable. Um, and as far as the first two minutes coming out, I actually haven't watched it yet because I want to see the whole movie at once. It's, it doesn't uh, give away yeah. much. I, you know, you know, Kelly, I felt the same way. Um, but then I, when I saw it pop up on our news list to talk about, I was like, all right, I'll watch it. It doesn't give away that much, but it does kind of build the hype. That's that's my okay. that's my takeaway okay. on that. Huh. I, I might be tempted later. I just know once I see a little bit, I'm going to want to see more. Like I, uh, my boyfriend and I rewatched Wonder Woman. It must have been two months ago now. And the entire next day was it was just, OK, so when's Wonder Woman 1984 coming out? Like it was supposed to be June. And now and now we have a date. So I'm just I I, I don't want to tease myself any further, I guess. <laughs> What about you, Seth? Oh yeah, uh, Temptation. You know, <laughs> we 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 dubbed the Wonder Woman 1984, and this was a tempting set of stories. Uh, guys, you know, great points to bring up. It would have been really wonderful to hear from Steve, just because we know that the UK has recently gone through um, its own tightening restrictions due to a new strain of COVID showing up and the uncertainty surrounding that. So there's also that uncertainty about, well, when can our friends, family, fans in the UK get a chance to see uh, Wonder Woman 1984? We now know it's January 13th, which is really awesome. 2021, because 2020 is, as I've heard it described, a dumpster fire, and I love that. Um, and keeping that in mind also, uh, Brad, thank you for that thought about you know, how we can consider whether or not we want to see this sneak peek at uh, at Wonder Woman 1984, because Kelly, like you, I didn't. I was like, no, I just want to see the whole thing. Like, part of me is just going to be like, yeah, you're just teasing me now. Like, you're just messing with me. Like, now I want to find whatever that European link so I can see the December 16th version and just, you know, skip it <laughs> and uh i well aware of that it was a joy then to turn to the gal Gadot, Kristen wig or gal and Kristen are having fun and uh 
if that doesn't excite you more to want to actually see the video, I completely understand. So I would say watch the video instead, because hearing me do that probably did nothing for you, except I think maybe that was Brad chuckling in the background. Brad, I, I'm totally with you. I'm laughing at myself in this moment, but I thought it was absolutely adorable. Kelly, I think you totally nailed the best friend status sort of thing. Like it, it's it's one of those things where at some point, you know, someone and you discover these pictures of them hanging out with their girlfriend and they're like, so this is when we were taking pictures in front of the mirror and it was different hairstyle time and we were listening to this music. <laughs> no, I will not explain how long I spent doing that or why I was doing it or certainly will I tell you what the music was. So Kelly, you got me, right? Like, okay. Because 100%. At some point, yeah, at some point I discovered pictures that my mom had taken with one of her girlfriends back in like, I want to say it was around 68. And it's them all standing in front of the mirror and doing like cool poses in front of different stuff. And I was like, wow, that's that could be shown right now and it would totally fit. So I love this video for really tapping into that great timeless idea. And I, I think you nailed it with the camaraderie and the friendship that you guys were both talking about. Uh, Brad, I am now willing to reconsider watching the opening scene. Although, to be honest, I know myself and it will probably drive me insane. And anticipation is just dangerous for some people. It's just, I'm going to go binge. Yeah, I know, but I'm actually going to be visiting uh, family again. And I might have to put off the 25th until I get back home. And we'll see what happens, man. It's a crazy world sometimes. You're doing things you didn't expect. I had plans to watch this, and now I'm going to have to figure something out. So can I watch The Temptation and then avoid for a certain amount of days or... You know, am I just well aware of my own weaknesses? Well, I'll let you know my answer once a couple of days have passed. Let us know yours. We give you all the lays at the end of this episode. Moving into our next story, we do have a casting announcement regarding Black Adam and the character of Cyclone, who will now be portrayed by Quintessa Swindell. I lead it off to you, Mr. Brad Flicky. What do you think of this next movie news story? Uh, uh, you know, I'm not familiar with her work. Uh, Sissy was in Trinkets, a show on Netflix, which I haven't even heard of, so I may have to go and check that out. Uh, I, I'm really happy that Cyclone is going to be part of it, and uh, I'm sure this will do wonders for her career. So that you know, I think that that's great for her, and great that we're getting even more of the JSA. And this is all based around, uh, you know, uh, The Rock, you know, announced it. Uh, via Twitter, and it seems like none of his enthusiasm for this movie has waved at all, and that is still so nice to see. Uh, I, I just love how excited he is about this, and uh, he he looks like that. Also, this story also says that uh, they're expected to begin filming uh, this spring, so you know that's that's great. So that's good to see that that's moving along as well. Uh, Kelly. Yeah, I'm I'm not familiar with her either, although her face looks very, very familiar. So I, I think I must have seen her somewhere. But um yeah, I I mean, I as far as whether or not it's a good casting decision, I mean again I I'd have to go on Netflix and watch Trinkets too because I'm not positive, but she she looks fine. <laughs> I, I feel like this is one of those stories I'm like, I have no opinion yet because I have no background information. But I, <laughs> but the the rock's enthusiasm is has single handedly kept me interested in this movie. 
Um, he's just one of those people I root for so hard because it's like, how could you not look at that face? He's like a the the human version of a golden retriever, and I I want the absolute best for him. <laughs> so what do you think? Seriously, dude, like, how the hell am I supposed to follow up to the human version <laughs> of a golden retriever and like be any sort of memorable? All anyone is saying right now is the human face of a golden, the human form. The wow, like, you know what I mean? If he's like, a werewolf, that would be his form, basically. Aww. Oh, <laughs> see, now he's just like all cute and furry and gigantic and, you know, immensely powerful. But, you <laughs> I, you know, I, Kelly, it's a, it's a magical thing when someone can soften another person's personality and persona and you just bam. That was that was pretty <laughs> that was pretty pure. Mad. <laughs> you even got Brad chuckling along. You know? <laughs> now, I think you've both brought up something amazing, which is the amount of enthusiasm that Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, has brought to DC, the stories of um, Adam, the stories of Shazam, the universe he sees himself uh, carving out a corner in DC's films for, uh, how we're going to get to see great JSA characters. And I think Cyclone's edition is really something interesting because when you look at the history of the character, I mean, first introduced in Kingdom Come, which is, I mean, it's a seminal work. It's one of those books we still love to talk about because it was so mad. It's going to make me want to go back and reread that again. And keeping all of that in mind, also the idea of how the character was then sort of reimagined for the Justice Society series that, that followed. And, there's also the idea of how someone decides to follow on the legacy of Red Tornado, which is not the most simple character. <laughs> you know, the, the idea of something artificial wanting to become more and to become human and the idea of what that identity is for someone following in their footsteps. You've got great components here and also some really interesting legacy ideas that could really come up in Justice Society. So I love the concept. I love the uh, decision. And you both said we've got a lot of enthusiasm. Let's go ahead and consider how that can be a little bit of fun as we move into our last story, the movie news, and into our next section. And our final story on the movie segment this episode is the announcement that The Dark Knight has been added to the National Film Registry. Quite an honor, I would consider. Brad, what's your take, my friend? You know, there are certain times and they don't happen very often where you experience a bit of art or pop culture that, you know, is an instant classic that you're experiencing something that's groundbreaking. Uh, hearing um, Smells Like Teen Spirit for the first time uh, was one. Uh, watching The Chappelle Show was another. And another one of those moments was why was sitting in the theater and watching The Dark Knight. And it completely, absolutely deserves to be part of the uh, National Film Registry. Absolutely. I mean, Heath Ledger's performance alone makes it worthy, let alone the the amazing film that Christopher Nolan had made. So, yeah, I think this is absolutely definite definitely deserves to be part of that. Uh, Kelly, what do you think? I'm so ashamed that my first, when you were, you know, naming all those groundbreaking moments, the first thing that popped into my head was 
watching the VMAs in like eighth grade and seeing Kanye West steal the mic from Taylor Swift (laughs) and being like, this is a moment I'm going to be seeing again and again for the rest of my life. (laughs) Um, But anyway, the, the, the dark Knight is such a good movie. I mean, I, that's another one that I've recently re re rewatched because I, what else is anybody doing these days? (laughs) And it is just every time I see this movie, it is just as fantastic and gripping. And I'm still I I haven't gotten bored with it, which is impressive because it's an almost three hour movie. And at no point does it lose my attention at all. Um, And I, I think it absolutely deserves to be in the National Film Registry. And I also really do like the idea that at some point in time, Congress had to discuss The Dark Knight. I mean, if they are the ones that decide on this list ultimately, then I I just like that this is a part of what goes on in the government. Cause I mean, everything seems so dark and terrible lately. And uh, some, at some point in time, someone out there was discussing the dark night and that makes me feel a little bit more hopeful for all of our futures. But yeah, I mean, this movie absolutely deserves it. It is by far one of the best movies I've ever seen. And luckily now I think it's it's solidified its place as one of the best movies any of us have ever seen. Um, so yeah, kudos to them. Absolutely. Seth, what do you think? I completely agree. And you know what, Kelly? No one's taken away from that epic <laughs> VMA moment you were describing. And I think epic is probably the only word you can use for that time frame for that moment. Um, <laughs> but there are iconic moments, Brad. You you pointed out, I can, yes, I can remember uh, plenty of iconic moments where you think to yourself, like, I'm going to remember this. I'm going to remember everything. I distinctly remember uh, the rented house in Fremont where we rented a VCR because that was a thing. If they were too expensive, you could rent one from a video store for the weekend. And we watched The Natural on VHS because I was too young to go to the movies and see it. And Robert Redford hitting the ball and thinking to myself, like, okay, that's this is pretty magical. I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. So everybody's got moments, man. However you choose to rank them, no one's here to judge. And if you are here to judge, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. We're generally going to be loving a lot of stuff here. And the other thing I want to love, in addition to The Dark Knight being added to this list, is did anybody look at the rest of the movies on this list? I mean, for starters, he joins, uh, The Dark Knight joins Shrek, uh, as well as (laughs) Grease, Blues Brothers, uh suspense uh <laughs> and movies dating back over 100 years that were added to the list this year uh, it's 50 that are nominated and 25 that are picked but you, you have to consider the company i also noticed number 10 on the list was a clockwork orange pretty sweet company to be included among if you want to talk again brad about another uh, iconic movie i remember watching that movie and just going i can never forget this now like yeah ever and i love the company that it's enjoying uh kelly i i I enjoyed your mirthful laughter there when i mentioned shrek (laughs) as a companion and (laughs) very iconic for me (laughs) yeah and then there's a few others like uh, joy luck club was a huge movie for the time period uh one of the first to have uh you know uh a really powerful cast, mostly women telling a story about, I mean, so there's great company here. And then I just have to mention it because it's such a great name. Sweet, sweet backs 
badass song, 1971. I mean, come on. If you're going to be included in a list of movies, like, why not have that be your accompaniment? So that was our final movie story. We're going to do two quick TV streaming news and then take that also magical ad break. Leading off our TV streaming news announcement is that James Gunn has added four more cast members to his spinoff Peacemaker series coming out of the Suicide Squad movie coming up soon. That's a lot of stuff coming your way. Brad, what's your thoughts? Uh, I, I'm going to have to go back to uh, the other, you know, the story about the Black Adam casting and say I'm not particularly familiar with these actors and actresses work, but I, I I guess I have a question for you guys. It does list who they are playing. And uh, and I wonder, are those actual characters who were in the comics or are those new characters like Sophie Song, you know, uh, Captain Locke? So I'm just not sure if those were actually characters that had been in the comics. And I was wondering if you guys knew knew if they were. I'm not familiar with them. No. Yeah, I wasn't either. I'm not familiar enough. My first exposure to like any full Peacemaker stories was probably uh, back in 92, 93 when DC launched into the showcase. Do you guys remember showcase? It was like a collection of stories, you know, a compilation each week. And sometimes it would, and it was generally lesser known characters who didn't headline titles. So there would be like a story for that. There was a Huntress story and a few others, and they would sort of run for a couple issues and it would be mixed. So that was my first sort of exposure to him. And I don't remember those characters being a part, but they could have a part of the history, you know, that I'm not aware of. And then I also know we had a story on a little while back about how one of the characters from Suicide Squad is going to be part of the spinoff. And I think he's like a warden at Bell Rev. And I, I couldn't remember if that was an original character created specifically, if he was included in Suicide Squad for that reason. So, Brad, I think you bring up some good points about these history. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I'm happy for the, you know, the actors and actresses that get to actually be part of this because it looks like anything with James Gunn is going to be fun. So, I mean, it's got to be a, uh, a fun time to be making this, especially these days. And Kelly, what about you? Yeah, I I'm unfamiliar um with most of these actors. Um I think let's see. Uh well I you know, I have seen when they see us. Other than that, I'm not too too familiar. I've seen Riverdale, but I haven't seen a lot of it. Um but yeah, I mean it's good for them. And it's James Gunn, so no matter what, we'll probably get a pretty kick ass show out of all of this, I assume. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not, uh, again, don't have a ton of background information to base my opinion off of, but just going on gut feeling, I'm, I'm into it. (laughs) What about you, Seth? Well, I think Brad has definitely given our, us our homework assignment for the, uh, upcoming weeks, (laughs) which is to figure out whether or not these are characters part of Peacemaker's history. And then we can all come back at some point and commiserate as to whether or not this then drove us mad enough to start hunting out DC Universe and other collected versions of Peacemaker stories, probably starting from his origin, and then hunting for these characters potentially and or their stories, and then hearing what the results are. Brad, thank you. I'm sure we're not alone in this. There will probably be many going either, I have to figure this out 
and then somewhere I feel like there is this like wonderfully content nerd who's just like, so you want to know the story, do you? And they'll just be able to, you know what I mean? Like somewhere I also feel like if, if Steve's listening right now and he's like, so it's time to tell you about the Geekipedia and how it knows all. So however we choose to find out about it, I think it's going to be a fun little history experience for me. And I'm also just intrigued by the fact that, Kelly, you brought it up so well. It's James Gunn. To an extent, in James Gunn, we've learned to trust. We've learned why. We know there are plenty of reasons for us to kind of feel comfortable about those choices. And I think wherever these characters might have come from, I think where they're going is probably going to be just as fun to talk about. Where characters are going is also a lovely little segue for us to move into our second story on the TV and streaming side. And that is because we have new photos. Oh, Steve, oh, Steve, you would want to be here for this. I know you will do our best to honor the fact that we have new photos coming your way, available now from the CW for Batwoman Season 2, Episode 1. I could talk about it. But did you really tune in just to hear me? Of course not. That's why I've got Brad and Kelly here. Brad, you first. Uh, I'm going to guess here that I'm not um, speaking just for myself when I say that the three pictures that I loved the most were her in costume holding holding the cowl and the Batmobile, which looks fantastic. I want that car. And seeing the the bat signal. Not Those were the ones. Not yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that we are all going to be happy and surprised on how they pull the second season off without Ruby Rose. And yeah, I just, I, uh, I think we're in for a treat. All right, Kelly, what do you think? Yeah, these pictures look awesome. And absolutely. My two favorites were, um, her in costume holding the, uh, the, that I, I like that her version of the costume has that, or the Batwoman version has the, like, attached red wig. I feel like it's so extra, but I love it. Um, and and the Batmobile. Um, yeah, I mean, this series looks awesome. And I actually recently have been catching up on um, season one of Batwoman, which, of course, now it's I, I'm really getting into that one, and I know they're going to switch... Uh, they're going to switch it up on us for season two. But still... I mean, this this series looks like it's going to be amazing, um, and I think it was with fandom um, seeing the cast and the the creative team and just how excited they are about this. I I have one thousand percent hope in this show, um, which is we've discussed before that you know a, a big cast shakeup, especially when a series loses its star, um, sometimes can lose a lot of momentum for the series. But I just don't get the sense that that's going to be what happens with Batwoman. So, yeah, I am I am all for this. Seth, what do you think? Brad, you're not alone. You're not alone as I was echoing in there and then somehow found the way to mute myself before just like, you're not alone, man. You're not alone on this. <laughs> it's really an awesome selection of pictures. And, yeah, guys, who doesn't want that car? I think that's going to be shared soon and often and by many um, I love every once in a while peeking at a different social media platform and discovering a, a just vibrant community of DC fans talking about all the things they've been loving and 
stumbling upon a conversation that I know is going to be featuring this car. And guys, you brought up something great too about uh, the uh, the costume. One, Brad, you're right. It was one of my favorite images. I'm looking at it right now. Kelly, you are hands down nailing the fact that there's something wonderful about the extra quality of the wig attached to the uh, the cowl of the uh, costume. And lastly, look at that picture again. If you're listening to us, find a picture of this season two, episode one, Batwoman series of photos we're talking about. And when you look at that picture, there's something really awesome about the actor and the way that their face is expressing emotion that doesn't feel like it matches with the costume. There seems like a lot of um, inner dialogue, a lot of conflict, a lot of, you know, um, challenging oneself in whatever that moment is. And if you can express that, emote that through a facial expression that's captured in a picture and feels that powerful, I have all the reason to get more excited because you guys also pointed out some great stuff about how fandom, about how fans submitting their ideas for the costume, about how some of those ideas were incorporated into this final version of the costume and the evolution we're going to get to see. And also the complexity. And then Kelly, you brought up some great points. Like you're so wrapped up now in the season one catch up. And yet I think the, uh, the people behind season two are going to keep all of those threads in mind and how they can further create conflict for the new Batwoman. A lot of great stuff to look forward to. A lot of opportunities to just sort of keep in mind the fact that this has been uh, a challenge initially and it has turned from how are they going to do it to, wow, look at what they're doing. And I think that's the best part of the excitement surrounding uh, Batwoman season two. These pictures are just part of it. We've got more to talk about, folks. We're going to try and do our due diligence here. Take a quick break, catch up on all the great things coming your way. Will it also include that great Insight Editions topic we led off with? Maybe, maybe not. Will we talk about it again for those of you who want to share it with people you know? Maybe stick around. We're coming back after a quick ad break with more. This time from Comic Book News here on the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien... Everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now through January 8th, you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35. That's D-C-N-E-W-S-3-5. DCNews35. 35. Use that code until January 8th and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? 
It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Picture this, someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Bub, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nerds. I definitely do not f*** bats. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. (laughs) Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. 
<laughs> Here's <laughs> hoping. <laughs> we're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you cup. want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're gonna be talking about we're gonna be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bad? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bad. No, I didn't. God damn it. All right. We're gonna Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes. Content creation reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un, unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. And just like that, quicker than a flash we're back you're listening to the dc comics news weekly podcast i'm your host uh, singleton i am joined by the amazing brad felicki the amazing kelly gaines and i try my best to be amazing because well when you're with great people that inspire you, it's kind of what you do right so let's go ahead and move into some stories that i think can be inspiring for all of us the first one on our comic news section remember we already covered movie tv and streaming so now let's go to that source material starting off with an event that i'm looking forward to seeing well something closer to what we all remember that's the 20th anniversary scheduled for august 2021 for free comic book day brad what'd you think about this story my friend uh i'm very happy that it's coming back and i think putting it to august is that much more of an assurance that it can actually happen hopefully by august the vaccine will be distributed and you know we can get back out again uh losing pre-comic book day was a gut punch uh, one of many this year to fans so uh seeing that they are on track to getting that back is is great um because you know sure they offered it in stores here and there spread out but it just it just wasn't that same thing of going there and getting your free bag of comics and you know experiencing that with fans so yeah i'm, I'm very happy that this is coming back uh can we yeah absolutely um I, I free comic book day is pretty much the best day of the year besides maybe comic con itself i mean for comic book fans i mean this is uh you know it, it's a fun day to be part of the comic book community it's fun to Go to your local store, see how many people are there, see all the free books, buy some other books. I mean, it's just one of the best days. Um, And August is definitely a good, I mean, I I say that knowing that we've, you know, we've missed the mark at every turn during this pandemic. But I, I think I can pretty safely say that by the end of August, we should have at least a, a little bit of normalcy back if not complete normalcy. So I I love this idea. I think this is really, really good news. Um, and God knows we need some. Uh, Seth, what do you think? I think we always need more good news. I think we've kind of earned 10 years of good news from here on out. 
whether or not we're going to get it, well, I can always hope. It's just one of those things you'll find me doing on here. But I'm very hopeful by the announcement that, yeah, we've got a free comic book day that we're hoping to put on one day again. We're aiming for August because we know that we've missed a lot of these crucial desired time markers. And we also know that we're basing all this information on what we know now. Things like vaccines that are being approved and rollouts that are occurring, more hopefully available testing, and also the feeling that we might be able to eventually, maybe next year, turn a corner on a very dangerous disease and the impacts that it had. Free Comic Book Day was one of those toughest things. It probably is for many people, Kelly, bigger than Comic-Con, simply for the reason that more people can participate than can actually go to Comic-Con, even though this year we were able to have the virtual experience and we can consider how that and fandom can offer us other virtual options in the future and get so much more of fan interaction. But Free Comic Book Day, the only thing I'm going to kind of miss is it was always great that it was in May and it was also right around Star Wars Day and there was just sort of like nerd palooza that would occur, you know, just this like carryover of fun and I'll, I will miss that feeling, but knowing that it can all happen on one day in August really supersedes, and I'm pretty comfortable with that. <laughs> and I think it's also great because we've got such great DC Comics news to talk about when it comes to 2021 and the stories we can continue to look forward to as more news is coming our way about them. That leads me into our next story, which is some glimpses from DC's Twitter about the infinite frontier. Brad, you take my friend. Uh, these these uh, the covers, I guess they're going to be, were just amazing. You got the villains on one side, the heroes on the other for Batman, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Superman. Uh, and you do get some glimpses. It looks like um, Robin's getting a new costume. Uh, which looks uh, pretty cool. It looks uh, Barbara Gordon is kind of more in an Oracle role, which is interesting. Um, uh, we have uh, Nubia and Wonder Girl and Wonder Woman uh, all in the forefront of um, the Wonder Woman uh, art. And uh, yeah, and we even get Dr. Psycho, which I always think back now. I don't I, <laughs> I think back to the Harley Quinn animated series whenever I see Dr. Psycho these days. <laughs> Every <Always>. time. <laughs> so I'm like looking at him right now. I'm thinking, oh, man, <laughs> we need that third season. Uh, but yeah, this this art is is really cool and it does give us hints. And it's kind of, you know, maybe fun to speculate what this could all mean. And. I love the fact in the Justice League, it looks like Naomi's going to be involved, which uh, which I just I love because I really thought that book was was underrated. So it's cool to see that character coming back. So, yeah, I think that um, DC's got some cool stuff on the horizon. Kelly. Yeah, um, I first of all, that Wonder Woman cover, um, I love it. And I, I think that one's um infinite legends but all of these are i'm i'm excited for this entire uh this entire arc i mean it's it just all of these pictures got me excited um the the batman one i i like damien's new costume looks a little dark but i i mean my biggest complaint about the the robin costume was always that you know batman's all stealthy and wearing you know the black and the gray 
but he's running around with a kid wearing the brightest colors that exist. And I feel like that just kind of cancels it out. But um, yeah, I mean, these covers look awesome. I am interested to see what, uh, you know, what, what turn Barbara Gordon's taken that she's back in the Oracle role. Um, but yeah, these just look incredible. Um, and, and the Superman one, Infinite Hope, I mean, it just, it, that picture looks hopeful. The light coming from the background, just the way everything's framed. I mean, these are the perfect images, I think, to get people pumped up about this, because I absolutely am. Uh, Seth, what'd you think? It's hard not to just sort of, like, want to quote you both on everything you were just saying about this, because, yeah, um, the the issues that we're talking about, Batman number 106, Justice League number 59, Superman number 29, Wonder Woman number 770, they, uh, they give us that, but all I could do was get caught up in the infinite legends, infinite hope, these titles that went with these beautiful images, which... I don't know. It it just sort of rang more true for me than Batman number 106. It, the, the idea behind the infinite stories, um, seeing these great characters. Kelly, you brought up a great point about the costume uh, <laughs> when it comes to Robin. And I'm a little intrigued by the fact that when I first started looking, at it, I was like, OK. Does he look a little bit like a pirate and does he make me think of Clary and the Witch Boy? OK. And then I moved on. Other than that, um, Yes, the uh, the Wonder Woman one caught my attention. Brad, I love that you brought up Psycho because we'll be talking about him in another story. And also the uh, the wonderful cast selections that we see here for the stories that are coming, what they want to do, the fact that we've got new creative teams involved with that. We're going to be talking more about creative teams as we move into the rest of our stories. But, man, what a great start to our comic book news section Moving into a little bit more about some characters we will be seeing more of in DC Comics, Harley Quinn has a promotion of her new ongoing series from DC and then proceeds to take over it. Brad, what do you think about this story? If there's a DC character that can kind of you know, break that fourth wall, it's Harley Quinn. Uh, and going back to even Harley Quinn answers your questions from fandom. It makes perfect sense that she would take over the promotion of her own book. So I say more power to you, Harley. <laughs> Kelly. Yeah, I love this. Uh, she's, she is um, just one of those voices in comics that is immediately recognizable. Um, Cause I, I feel like without the, the Batman, voice voice if you're actually physically hearing it if, if batman was promoting his own book i feel like it just wouldn't have that kind of pop that harley quinn promoting her own book has because just her her language and everything about her is so unique and so typically harley uh it's it's always fun to hear from her um and and i'm excited for this book and i love the new costume i mean you guys know what a fan of pants i am uh, it's just, it's one of those things that just makes logistic sense to me, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I am definitely excited to see this, um, and Harley on a rege- redemption mission, I think is, uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, especially, I mean, she's, you know, the, the kind of quintessential anti-hero for, for DC comics lately. So to see her actually putting, you know, a full effort into being, being good or being better will be fascinating. Uh, Seth, what do you think? Well, I think to being good, to being better is something I'm going to be trying for in 2021. And it's nice to know that I've got a great potential role model in Harley Quinn. 
maybe that's the wrong take. Maybe I just need to enjoy her experiences and try to, you know, learn from the lessons, not be inspired to do everything she does. I would probably end up locked away and I probably wouldn't be nearly as cute and funny. Um, Kelly, pants, 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 pants. I'm all about the logistics as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, if you're going to fight crime, you shouldn't be in danger of freezing to death or having that much exposed skin at any point you're under, you know, attack, defending yourself or attacking others. Brad, I can only imagine you have some <clears throat> fashion thoughts about that as well. <laughs> Especially after the reaction that the first images of Connor gave us from Titans and your response to, hmm, all right, nice pants. Nice pair of jeans would have been better, but nice pants. So, we're always going to have to keep that in mind if you don't know what we're talking about. Backtrack a little bit. It's in a great episode that you will want to enjoy. So I think the fact that Harley's going to take over uh, her own promotion just makes the most sense for me. Having her voice, yes, just gives you that sense of where you're going with it. And Harley Quinn's uh, last solo run was really an awesome experience for me. I, I love the writing. I love the art. I love the story. I think she's got a lot of great stories still to tell. And I think she is often at her best when she's in that redemption process, Kelly. So you and Brad brought up some great points for us to keep in mind about the upcoming Harley Quinn. And we also have some upcoming things to consider. We were talking about Justice League in the movies. Now we're talking about Justice League in the comics. And the revelation, maybe by Brian Bendis, that he will be taking over for Justice League. Now, we appear to have some confirmation of this later, but the tease here at the time was suggesting that maybe, Sad, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about the uh, sort of shift for Brian Michael Bendis away from Action Comics Superman now to a team book like uh, Justice League, although we did get a chance to enjoy him with uh, Young Justice, where he also brought in Naomi, so... Brad, love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Turn it to you first, my friend. You know, uh, Bendis could be a very polarizing writer. Even in our, even in the DC Comics news family, you see our Slack channel. Uh, there's a lot of fever discussion about Bendis. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, an understatement. <laughs> you know, I, uh, and I know that his Superman runs were not all that well received by a lot of people, but I think that maybe he can, he has a tendency to shine more in a team book, you know, give him that chance. So, so we'll see. I mean, I, I still enjoy his dialogue, so I'm not going to write it off. Um, I mean, I think that um, it has the potential to be good. So we'll just, you know, we'll have to wait to see if you're a Bendis fan, I'm sure you're, you know, you're going to be super excited about this. So, uh, yeah, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, Kelly? Yeah, I, I go back and forth on Bendis. Um, I There are some things that he's done that I like a lot. Uh, there's occasionally, the I, I sometimes get a little, I would say, visually turned around in some of his work and in the sense that it's, uh, if I'm reading one of his books for too long, it starts to kind of hurt my eyes because there's always an awful lot going on. Um but he has such a, a passion for these characters and such a passion for these stories, even if the way he interprets them isn't necessarily always the direction we'd want him to go. Um, you know, I, I am interested to see what he does um, and very excited to see Naomi back. 
that was I, I've been catching up on a lot of stuff recently because that was a, another book that I've caught up with in the past couple of months. And I I love the story. Uh, it, I love the character. So, yeah, I, I think seeing her come back um, and, and be it looks like almost a front and center character in the Justice League will be a lot of fun. Uh, Seth, what do you think? Well, for starters, Brad, yes, I'm I'm trying to think of who would be a more polarizing figure among the DC Comics news team. And I'm I'm hard pressed to say the least. However, uh, I, I am curious because Kelly brought up some great points about some of the things that I've enjoyed him doing well. Uh, one of which, Brad, you mentioned was the team approach, which I thought he did pretty well in Young Justice. I thought it was, in my opinion, his second best compared to Naomi Kelly, which I thought was one of his strongest uh, demonstrations as a writer and comic book storyteller. So I was really impressed by uh, those two projects. But then in other stuff, uh, I struggled. And at times, uh, it wasn't just the visual stuff. There was just a part of me going, I feel like we're pausing too much in the story to tell other parts of the story when there might have been a more uh, enjoyable way for me to experience that. But Hands down, Naomi was a great project. I meant, heard Steve mention uh, Batman Universe was something he really enjoyed from Bendis that sort of took the gloves off and went wild. And I love that he starts off this next segment we're getting into, which is the uh, the announcement of a few new creative teams. I'm going to sort of bundle these together and let you guys just go ahead and pick and pull where you want. But The Flash, as well as Action Comics Superman, will be getting new creative teams. And that could mean quite a bit, keeping in mind that we're talking about Justice League just now, potentially being helmed by Brian Bendis. Now we've got The Flash, as well as Action Comics Superman. And also, Nightwing will be returning in a team-up with Batgirl and a new creative team. So three relaunches for some iconic characters regarding creative teams and other things sort of taking place after Future State, things like that. Brad, what do you think about these announcements? Any particular character announcement catch your attention? All of them go from there, my friend. Well, I, I, I think Wally West has been a very interesting character recently. How his story kind of threads together Doomsday Clock, uh, and um heroes in crisis and flash forward it, uh, you know i uh he, he's been a very um important character in dc so i'm happy that he's going to get a chance to have his redemption it looks like and you know so i'm i'm, I'm all about that so that was kind of cool to see and uh i like the idea of nightwing and uh batgirl teaming up i think that that that's a team up that that makes perfect sense uh so yeah i mean i i I like that they're you know as far as the creative team goes i'm glad that they're using a lot of the creative teams that they are using to launch future state i think that 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 makes a lot of sense so yeah i mean once again this is a great time to be a fan of dc uh kelly yeah, absolutely. And I I love how, again, just the enthusiasm. Um, uh, Jeremy Adams, I it seems that he's a, a writer on both Supernatural and Justice League Action, which I, Supernatural I've been a fan of for 
I don't I, they've been on air for like 20 years now so I guess maybe like 10 years <laughs> um and Justice League Action oddly enough that's another show that I binge watched in its entirety at, at some point during COVID and it's bizarrely fun it's ridiculous it is uh definitely less serious than um some of the other animated dc shows that i i saw when i was a kid but it's it's just such a fun show um yeah and and nightwing and batgirl teaming up is always fun to see um hopefully you know there's hopefully uh, hopefully they keep nightwing alive throughout this entire series because um (laughs) You know, it, it seems that this creative team has a, a history of killing him off. But in any case, it, it is, a like you said, Brad, a really good time to be a DC fan. Um, it seems like they've they've picked good teams. They've picked some old fan favorites and they've picked some people who are maybe new to writing comics. But in any case, it seems like uh, everyone helming these books is dedicated to writing these characters as best as they possibly can. And we're coming out of so many, uh, you know, interesting and and groundbreaking events that i i think 2020 the the road forward can only be awesome so or 2021 wow i 2020 is never going to end in my head it's this this year is going to last 30 years <laughs> but anyway seth what did you think well I, I i also love these announcements um for starters we were just talking about brian michael bendis leaving action and superman so of course it would make sense we'd have a new creative team take over there uh brad i i thought you brought up a, a really great point which was the idea that wally has been on an amazing journey ever since doomsday clock heroes and crisis flash forward and more recently um in uh, dark knight's death metal um in fact, there's a powerful scene that occurs in one of the more recent stories to come out, one of those anthologies about death metal, and it has to do with the Titans. And man, his arrival sets up some amazing stuff, and I would just say if you haven't had a chance to read that, uh, please go ahead and just find those death metal anthologies in the past week or two and, and give a read. And I, I think it's setting up for where we could see some of the material that they're going to be using for this next series uh, coming our way. Uh, Kelly, Justice League action is one of those things that I can binge happily all day. Like, it's just fun and full of all the opportunity that, and all the adventure and all the risk-taking that you would have enjoyed seeing a little bit more in some of the other animated shows, but it fits so perfectly with this one, and you love that they do it so well. And, uh, man, I also have to just give a lot of kudos to Philip Kennedy Johnson, the uh, gentleman who's going to be taking over with uh, first the future state Superman World's War, then later with Superman Action Comics. His The Last God, it, it's taken the idea of fantasy and elevated it to such a degree. And through that, he's created, I mean, he created that book, the entire world involving it. And his concept of mythos has now been translated into some other DC Comics stories, which I've just loved. And watching him now take over is, man, it sets up a lot of great potential. And the way he seems to want to change drastically what the direction of these characters can be with some really curious decisions. Uh, a lot of great creative teams, uh, Bat or uh, Batgirl and Nightwing for me, 
is a big one because man, when Batgirl ended, she was given Nightwing like some serious lip at one point. <laughs> like, are you sure you should be talking to me this way when you're supposed to be with Bia? And I mean, it was awesome. So I think there's some great tension. We'll see if they feed into that for Future State and then later. Um, so I, I love these announcements. And I also think it's great that we can keep these in mind as we start talking about the fact that DC is also going to be launching some great new series. So those were new creative teams on titles we already know. Here's some new titles coming our way. First off is Wonder Woman kicking off her 80th anniversary in 2021. And Kelly, it's okay. I'm probably going to say 2020 at some point in this, even when I don't mean to, because yes, that is its pernicious effect. But Wonder Woman celebrating her 80th anniversary with a new digital first series. Brad, your thoughts on that, my friend? Uh, I, I think this is, uh, kind of, uh, a cool way to get new readers into Wonder Woman. Uh, we're going to get like some new writers and some classic writers and the stories say that they're going to be heavy on the action. So I think that that's going to make a perfect window for new readers. And I think that those new readers are more inclined to be open to the digital format. So I think, uh, as a digital series, this might be a pretty smart move. So, um, it's just one of those things. I just hope that they eventually collect it in a printed like graphic novel collection. So so we'll see. But I think that uh, once again, this is something that makes sense, given her high profile after Wonder Woman 1984 drops. So, yeah, I think that um, this is a smart move. Uh, Kelly. Yeah, I'm excited to read this. Um and again, it is digital, so I say that with just like the slightest hint of resentment, but not enough for me to not read it. Um, and I, I believe we're going to be seeing Dr. Psycho in this, yes, because, uh, yeah. you know, he's he's made quite an impression on all of us. Um, I and I, I'm interested to see how exactly they approach the this sort of story with her. Um, you know, not necessarily forgetting who she is, but being in a, a different, I think it's a different reality. So yeah, in a sense, forgetting who she is, because Rebirth kind of started off with that same thread where, um, you know, Diana's memory is compromised, or her idea of herself is compromised. So, um, you know, my hope would be that they don't feel too similar in that sense. Although with these creative teams, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, and again, as long as Dr. Psycho keeps his uh language to an acceptable amount of foul but not crossing the line that he cannot cross i am fine with it uh, seth what do you think oh the lines we should not cross will we shan't we why don't we uh the challenges now dr psycho i i, I have to echo both of you i mean We've known him now from Harley Quinn. It's hard to shake that image from the mind. How can these new stories maybe recast Dr. Psycho in our in our minds and memories? Is it even possible? Or do they do a really smart thing and steal what we already know from that and have a bit of fun with it? Um, <laughs> I'm curious to see how they can reveal that to us. And I also love that this is uh, another great announcement to sort of follow up that you know we'll have wonder woman 1984 there's going to be a lot of fans who are going to be interested in comics kelly i'm with you on the whole digital thing i get it but i definitely see that this is a direction that's going to be prominent for at least the short term and if it's successful probably for the long term if it's an easier way to get young readers into comics uh and maybe feed the fire a little bit that's uh 
going to be probably burning brightly after one win in 1984, then I can live with this series. But at some point, folks, let them enjoy the tactile experience of a physical comic. It will change them and you forever. All of us here know exactly what that was like. Now, with all of that in mind, also great collaborative team, great potential behind this new series and one of many coming our way. We also have the announcement that there will be a new take on Batman, the Urban Legends, offering a anthology treatment. What did you think about this uh, new series coming our way, Brad? There are so many amazing characters in the whole Batman mythos. That's one of the things that makes Batman such a special character is the supporting cast. So I think that they that highlighting some of these lesser known characters or slightly lesser used characters is is a really good idea. Um, Gotham City is is the perfect place for an urban legend kind of underground stories. And I may be the only person <laughs> who hopes that Garth Ennis would return to write a Hitman Bator story. I don't know if you guys have read Hitman, but um, like I guess in the 90s and, and not too long ago, they had uh, like a Hitman graphic novel out. But I would like to see Garth Ennis come back and write Hitman for one of these. So, yeah, it could be a, this could be a fun series. Uh, Kelly? Yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see this. I love anthology series. Um, I, I It kind of builds into the idea of a one-off where you don't necessarily have to know everything to understand the sense of place. Um, and I that's always a good type of book to have on hand just for bringing new readers in. Um, and, and anthologies are just fun. It's just a, a nice mix of different creative talents different takes on the same universe, different um, approaches to what is obviously a, a very, um, I mean, Batman right now from all of the events that we're seeing come down, it's Gotham is more gritty and bizarre than it has ever been. And in the absolute best way. So this is, this is absolutely something I'm going to pick up. Seth, what'd you think? Plenty of reasons to bring this one home with you. I mean, Brad, you, you pointed out, um, one, <laughs> so many great characters in Gotham that we can tell stories about. And really, I think Garth Ennis is probably one of those challenging, but man, he's done some great stuff. <laughs> so there's probably someone else out there willing to echo Hitman. Yeah. Yeah, Hitman. Yeah. And the other stories folded up in here. I mean, plenty of reasons to get excited for an Outsiders uh, reunion. Uh, I love the idea of a great Jason Todd story. Um, I think overall, it's it's probably going to be one of those things where you sort of find yourself, and I think, Kelly, you brought this up really well, that you don't have to be connected to any part of the those stories leading to you can just sort of drop in and have this great experience with great characters telling a fresh story and sort of catching you in a, a different way and pulling you into those stories. So that should be, I think, a lot of fun for anyone who enjoys Batman, who enjoys a little bit of the urban legend side of Gotham and all of the the things that just can't be explained that happen in a city like Gotham that can exist only there and because of that is such well 
great material for us to keep digging into, uncover, and through that, have some fun that, well, I'm sure we'll be talking more about. It's going to be in prestige format. Looks like it's going to be gorgeous. I'm excited to hear more about it. And I feel like it, you know, feeds perfectly into our next story, which is another character from Gotham, one who will now be getting a solo series and hard to say whether or not there's going to be a consensus. But I'm curious to hear, Brad and Kelly, what your take is on a Joker series new and coming our way. Brad, you first. Uh, If there was ever a villain that was worthy of their own series, it's the Joker. And, you know, and I was saying how there is such an amazing supporting cast for Batman that even when you have a Joker focused story, uh, it sometimes doesn't necessarily even feel focused on the Joker. Uh, Joker War, he was high profile, but punchline took up a lot of the oxygen in that room even. Uh, So I I think uh, I think there's some cool opportunities for some cool storytelling when it's just on the Joker, because it seems like, you know, that that's something we haven't really seen in in a while. Uh, Kelly. Yeah, I I absolutely want to check this out. Um, The Joker solo series, I I think it's a great idea. Um, And obviously, just as a whole, we are still riding on a high of extreme interest in the Joker. Um, And again, this is a great place for people who maybe are just, you know, maybe saw the movie, maybe are a little familiar with the character to um, to jump in and kind of get a a full recap of where we've been recently in Gotham, where the Joker has been. And I mean, the most wanted man in the world is kind of uh, I, I would say that that's such a broad and spectacular thing to be that it's it's almost more of a compliment than an arrest warrant um i i just yeah i i love this idea um and it'll be interesting to um you know to get a new story completely from the joker's perspective um it's not a mind that any of us want to be in literally but you know for the the brief amount of pages per issue i can do that seth what do you think (laughs) <laughs> I, I Kelly uh, go ahead and just you know feel free to nod along yes or no but it doesn't it seem like it's more of a sexy title than it is an actual like sort of dangerous warning 100 <laughs> <laughs> right? it reminds me I'm a huge West Wing nut and we're on like I think our eighth or ninth time watching the whole series and there's a great one where they're talking about North Korea and one of the characters goes a rogue nation it makes them sound way too sexy like cool and aloof and whatever. Maybe we should just call them like a punk nation. How about that? Instead of a rogue state, we'll just call them a punk state. You're just a punk. And I thought that was pretty funny because it, it, it pulls away from like the sexy world, like rogue, rakish, and, you know, the most dangerous man in the world. Like, come on, people are going to be buying drinks for you all over the place. Now, I think there is some great things to keep in mind, which is, Brad, you pointed out really well. Joker was the name behind Joker War, but he wasn't as present as Punchline. And she's going to be in some of this story because she's now in Blackgate. But she's also done an interesting thing in her own solo shot, which is flip the narrative about who she is and who she's been perceived to be and develop this great underground swelling, which I think could be interesting in generating support for Joker. Joker War, he was there 
three Jokers was more about the many versions of Joker. I think there's a lot of interest now in what's happened to the Joker after the Joker War. And I think uh, James the Fourth here, whose last name I will always get wrong at least 50% of the time, and I will simply refer to him by his uh, other moniker, James the Fourth. He's he's set up something interesting by including James Gordon, who I heard recently him describing as being one of the most important uh, characters in Gotham and one of the most important characters in DC Comics and how he's going to be on this pursuit of the most dangerous man in the world. And because of that, um, we're going to also learn a lot about him and his understanding, especially from maybe a police side, from a father's side, his own connection through his daughter and his personal experience with the Joker. But then what that means, because Kelly, you said it so well, you don't want to spend too much time in this guy's head. And yet there are things that would be really interesting to uncover. Like, how does this guy keep surviving? <laughs> what is it that's behind the madness that allows him to always continue? Is it planned? Is it fluke? Is it a combination of those things? And what does that look like in a really great story? And I've loved what we've done with some great side. You know, you've heard Steve and I uh, riff pretty hard on stuff like Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen, which I thought were amazing breakouts and, and allowed those characters to be really brilliant in the hands of great writers. So I think we have some great potential here with Joker. I also think uh, a lot of great points were brought up, and I'm going to use great probably 10 more times, so just bear with me, uh, <laughs> by Kelly and Brad about how there's interest from the comics, there's interest from the movie, and seems like a really great way to feed off that interest and let us have a lot of fun in the process. And maybe every once in a while, just go to some dark places because that that's not always terrible. Now, should you happen to like dark places and find yourselves maybe rooting for the villain on occasion, we've got some great news for you in the announcement of DC's new crime syndicate spinning out of events, which will be completing soon in DC Comics. And because of that, Worlds will be reborn, futures changed, and Crime Syndicate will be returning in a new origin. Brad, what's your take, my friend? This could be this could be a fun series. It's kind of like the Crime Syndicate is kind of like when you see an actor who's normally known for playing the good guy gets to play the villain, and I think that that juxtaposition can be a lot of fun and also the artwork we see it looks like um starro's in the background there so could 2021 be the year of starro between the series and the rumors that he's going to be in suicide squad so interesting yeah i uh in the crime syndicate has been in some some really fun stories in the past too so i think there is a lot of you know a lot of another another area where you can have a lot of cool storytelling so this could definitely be a fun series uh kelly yeah i i absolutely want to check this out and i have to say reading um re reading this article the first word uh, the first words a paranoid titan i was like okay go on like <laughs> i i mean kudos to josh this was extremely well worded like i i am hooked just off of those first three words and i i hope this is the year of starro i i do hope we get that because uh, starro is such a bizarre character but it works and that's just the beauty of comics that these ridiculous concepts work somehow um yeah i i am very excited for this and i think 
I, I've actually, as we've been talking, I've been keeping a running list of books that I, I need to add to my lookout for this list. And it's just getting longer and longer and longer. And I'm going to be very broke in the month of March, which is fine. Um, Seth, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to be selling stuff. I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's going to happen. And then I'm going to buy stuff. And yeah. Um, I think anytime you have a story about characters who are so selfish and dangerous for all the reasons described in this great story by TC editor-in-chief Josh Rader, I, I think you have not only a lot of fun to be had, but also a lot of tension to be enjoyed because now they're all brought together for a common foe, but they hate each other. And for all the reasons described, they're nightmares to be around. And yet somehow they will, in some form or nature, coexist. I think this is a great way to tell us more about these characters who generally show up, uh, have a story arc, and then disappear again. So what's it like to live in their world? Maybe it's as dangerous as trying to be in the Joker's head for too long. We'll find out as the story progresses. But I think the time is right for the origin of characters who are selfish and dangerous and altogether terrifying for the amount of power they wield and yet also make for some really fun reads. Curious to see how the tone and texture come out on this one. And I love that it's leading us into a little bit more of a hopeful story for our final comic news story for this episode. And that's the announcement of a Superman Red and blue anthology, you've heard of Batman Black and White. Time for a twist on the old tale. Brad, what was your thoughts, my friend? I, I'm i excited about this. And and John Ridley is going to be uh, one of the writers of one of the stories. And as we're recording this, we I have only read one of his comics, and that's been the alternate history of DC number one. And I loved it. And I can't wait to see what he does with Batman. So I can't see why I wouldn't be any less excited for what he does with Superman. So, you know, I I think this is going to be another one of those series that could be a lot of fun. And it just shows, too, that DC, you know, being a fan of DC right now is a really good thing because they are doing so much cool things with their characters and letting, you know, different writers take cracks at it in different ways that could, you know, kind of be outside of continuity and things like that. And it's just, it's, it's a really, really fun time to be a DC fan. And this is just a, you know, it's an absolute other reason why that is. Uh, Kelly. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and I think with Superman, especially that's one of the characters DC has that I, I think feels so daunting to people who don't typically pick up Superman books um, just because he's, he's the original superhero. There is so much Superman um, and, and an anthology like this is just the perfect way to, you know, put him out there, uh, give people a good taste of, of a lot of different creative teams who have worked with him and people who have done some really great stuff for DC in the past. Um, and, and this, this just sounds fantastic. It sounds like a, a very um, refreshing and, and fun kind of direction for, um, you know, for this, this new era that we're jumping into. And, and Brad, you're absolutely right. This is an amazing time to be a DC fan um, between the movies, between the, the physical books, the digital books, um, you know, the TV shows, everything DC is is just so in the forefront right now. And I mean, personally, I love it. Uh, Seth, what do you think? 
Yes, I have to agree, Brad. You are correct. It is a wonderful time to be a DC Comics fan. And Kelly, totally with you. This is a great way to introduce an iconic, somewhat daunting character to people through a series of stories. Um, Brad, echo on John Ridley. Um, my goodness, I have loved this man for many years. His what what he did in the 90s for me in comics and what he showed me then and now with the uh, alternate history has been really wonderful to experience. And the guy just writes like that is a thick, dense book. That is a narrative book that is just loaded with stuff from yeah. Black Lightning's dialogue, you know, inner monologue. I'm sorry. You're right. Like it was just yeah. it reminded me of how comfortable he is just like telling a story at length right <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to go and and read some of his his stuff from the 90s because he really you know he really came on to my radar with um the uh the 12 years of slave uh screenplay so yeah and and after reading that issue of the alternate history i i definitely want to see see more of his work yeah without question um and just really gorgeous stuff. Uh, also, what really just sort of like sticks with me, and I'm just going to try and make this like the one thing, Dan Waters and Danny, if you haven't had a chance to pick up Coffinbound, talk to Tony Farina, who's uh, another collaborator of ours on DC Comics News, and it will boggle the mind. It will absolutely, trust me, just take a chance, because I love now that he's going to be the one behind a story about when all colors are stolen. I think an anthology like this is something that's quite gorgeous, that's quite wonderful, and it, man, uh, really exciting for me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> packed with great stuff. I think you guys highlighted all of the best of it. I'm thrilled to see more, and I'm really, man, encouraged that we can end things on such a positive story as we wrap things up. Final reminder for you, just in case you missed it at the beginning or you weren't able to jot it all down, we wanted to remind you that Inside Editions is offering a 35% off site-wide sale from their site. And all you have to do is type in the code DCNEWS35. You do that, you get 35% off everything in Inside Editions. And it's available until, I believe, January 8th. Check the website to confirm. That is our final story to wrap things up for episode number 98 of the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. I've been joined by the amazing Brad and Kelly. Brad, where can the good people find you after this episode comes to a close? You can find me uh, writing news reviews, DC Comics News. You uh, can find me also on the Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast, part of the DC Comics News Podcast Network. And you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. And Kelly, where can the good people find you? Uh, you can find me doing opinion and editorial pieces for DC Comics News. You can find me on Mad Love the Harley Quinn cast, as well as on DCN After Dark. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at KelGainsWrite. And I'm just going to say, if you haven't yet, you're going to want to check out DCN After Dark, hosted by Kelly Gaines. It's a great show, one of many you get a chance whenever you subscribe to all the things we have here at DC Comics News. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. I'm going to keep it simple. Just type my name, Seth Singleton, in the word story into a search engine. Come find me however you want. I want to make sure that I get a chance to just say thanks to a great gang as we're coming into the end of 2020. 
great time to share great stories. How do you make sure you catch them all? Well, you hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform and you will be guaranteed to get this and all of the great content we have in your feed, whether it's Mad Love, a Harley Quinn uh, podcast, whether it's I Am The Night, episode by episode breakdown of Batman the Animated Series, uh, Spinner Rack, a little series I like to host as well, or future episodes of DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, and maybe even a little something called Flicky Fashions. How do you make sure you never miss any of it? Hit the subscribe button. You will be set. How do you let us know everything you've been thinking? Want to know questions, comments, and more? Go to your favorite social media platform. Type in at DC Comics News. That's at capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. And when you do, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, YouTube or more, you'll be able to let us know everything you're thinking, things you want us to know, hear, questions you've got, and more. We can't wait to hear it, share it with you. That's how you let the entire group know what you're thinking. You've got all the ways to let us each know. And that brings us to a close of episode number 98, DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, which means there's only one last thing for us to remind you, and that is to always read more comics. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.